we are in the middle of designing the content for a huge webinar we have planned, which is part of our product launch for the recently announced Gray Wave membership group. Now, many of you have heard me talking about it already. Certainly, as we go through the entire process of building out this membership site and, and determining all of the different uh, marketing points, they're gonna, it's going to be the topic of many of the upcoming podcasts because the real world experiences that we are having as far as launching and building this community is relevant to all, anybody that's interested in social media marketing. But today, I'm going to be kind of preachy a little bit. And I don't want to be preachy a little bit, and I don't want to sound preachy a little bit, but I am going to be preachy a little bit because I'm going to be talking about the ethics. Because right now, at the point we are in our own personal development or our own development of the product is we are determining the messaging and how we are going to make our offer, how what the structure of our webinar is going to be, and how socially manipulative it's going to be. There are so many tools that we can use that can influence a community to purchase from us, to buy from us, to engage in our offerings. Uh, which ones are, as far as I'm concerned, ethical to use and which ones step into the more unethical spaces? We will be talking about that a little bit today. Now, the reason this came up today is, well, there's two reasons. One is it's front and foremost in my mind as I work through the content. So I can't get away from it in, in my own internal dialogue. I'm constantly looking at every line that I'm saying within the webinar as we're now entrenching the content and determining if I'm comfortable sharing that with my audience and selling that to my audience uh, and presenting it. So that's number one. Number two is just as a complete, uh, you know, kind of out of the blue moment, uh, a, a, a colleague of ours uh, has recently kind of stepped into a little bit of a social media furor over marketing techniques that they are using in marketing some product to the COVID marketplace, which I will spend a little bit more detail talking about inside of today's podcast. And while I won't be naming names, it won't be too hard for you to figure out who it is I'm talking about because I won't be able to mask that. But it's an example of a good technique gone bad. It's an example of, yes, we can do this, but should we be doing this? And I don't think this person sees anything wrong with the way that they're marketing. I see a lot wrong and I would never do that. And I wouldn't expect many members of my community to be comfortable with that. So is that a good tease? Is that a good enough tease to keep you past the opening and into today's podcast? We're going to be talking about establishing your, your online ethics today on Gray Matters. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. I feel like I'm going through group counseling or a counseling session, a couples therapy sort of idea as I'm working through building the content. 
for the webinar for our upcoming for our upcoming uh, public product launch. And that's because I am having to challenge and reevaluate all of my different preconceived notions about the different mechanisms that we use in order to sell and to market and the ones that I am comfortable with and the ones that I'm not comfortable with. And we have to look at them all from so many different angles. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week on the podcast. It's it's going to be deep dive into social marketing tactics and weaving into that our own ethical fabric to determine which things we should be and shouldn't be doing. And also to open your eyes to why you react in different ways when you see different sorts of offers being put forward, including offers that you will ultimately see from me if you are if you are part of my sales funnel and part, you know a potential customer or a potential member of my online community. But you'll be able to understand the tactics that we're using and the reasons that we're using them uh, as, as, as I go through the decision-making process myself. I guess almost this podcast today is part of the therapy, my getting it out and sharing it and getting it off my chest and sharing it with you. So thank you for that. Now, along with thanking you for listening to us today on this podcast, I have to take a moment and thank those of you who support us on Patreon for your ongoing support. I want to do a quick shout out to those of you who make this podcast, to the entire Dottotech platform possible, and that is our community of support on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding service. It's similar to Kickstarter, but for content creators like me. And we've got an amazing community who support us financially, making it possible for us to create this podcast, our weekly tutorials on Webinar Wednesday, our YouTube videos, pretty much everything that we create. So I'm asking you to consider supporting us. There are perks, and the perks are terrific. For our $10 a month patrons, which is the vast majority, the perks include access to our Webinar Wednesday archives, where we have over 100 tutorial webinars on productivity, online marketing, and content creation. And our latest perk is free access to our online course, Don't Retire, Rewire, which teaches baby boomers and Gen X what their online options are for reinventing themselves instead of retiring. The links are all in the show notes below, or just remember, patreon.com slash dottotech. So I know you want the juicy bits. You want the dirt on the social media marketer that I was talking about off of the top. And it's kind of what really inspired me to make sure that I did take on this topic this week. Uh, and so so I'll tell you what happened. As I, on Facebook, there's a social media marketer who is in our space. He he does a lot of the same kind of instructional stuff as as many of us do. And he is currently selling some masks. He's selling COVID-related masks. He's got a brand of masks that he's selling out there. And he is he's he's pushing it pretty hard. He's diving in. Now it's a, it's a it's a controversial topic because so many people are very vocal in their support of people wearing masks, and so many people are so resistant to it. And so it's obviously there's a whole social dialogue going on, which he is leaning into and creating even more division in that space by uh, by his by his marketing techniques for example uh one uh facebook post which was a paid post that he put up talks about a fellow who was who had posted publicly on facebook that he was anti-masking he didn't believe it uh, it supported his freedom a young man 37 years old doing all of these different location posts of going to parties being unmasked and being very proud of that well, he is posting this, uh, the narrative of this young man who contracted COVID-19, passed away from it. And then he's using his name, his identity, 
and saying he died. Don't be like him. Wear a mask. So this is the marketing technique that he's chosen, which might be effective. I don't know, but is so distasteful. And why in the how you would even envision that that is an okay thing to do? A showing respect to the to the poor person who who, who lost their life, uh, regardless if you agree with their politics or not. The person died, and they have loved ones who are suffering as a result. It's just despicable to dive into this in that way. And I found it reprehensible personally, as I'm sure you do as well. Uh, but it, it, but it's also effective. I'm sure that, that it's causing, it's causing people to think it's causing people to jump on the bandwagon. It's causing people to criticize and to shame others and to share that post as a meme now, because it's an example of what those of how stupid it is not to wear masks, etc. So he's, he's, completely taken advantage of a terrible social situation, which is dividing us, jumping in, not with a conciliatory tool, not with something that says, hey, listen, let's take a step back and look at how, and, and look at, make our lives better, make each other better, or let's make each other a little bit more understanding of each other. No, no, no. No, instead what he will do is he will dive in on one side of the equation, sell product to that side of the equation, and use his marketing to increasingly divide those who disagree. As I say, it's reprehensible. Uh, and it fired me up. It fired me up and it said, I, you know, I couldn't, get, I couldn't shake it from my, uh, from my attention. And, as, and then, of course, it happens just as I am in the middle of my own personal journey of determining on all of the marketing messages for our upcoming webinar, which is far less salacious. I have to tell you, from this point on, today's podcast will be far less, we should hopefully get your juices flowing a lot less. It'll be good education, things that you can use. I promise to, <laughs> promise to pull things apart for you when we look at the mechanisms in a, in a, in a webinar or in a offer in a delivery, but it's not going to be quite as salacious. It's not going to be quite as uh, get on your high horse and get angry about it. But that, that's the backstory and the reason and what I, and the kind of the clickbait that I promised you that I would provide uh, in today's podcast. So here, here's what's happening with putting together our webinar. Now I've hired coaches because I've always been very good. This, this product launch that we are doing, which you are kind of seeing kind of from the sidelines as we go through, uh, within this podcast, this product launch is the culmination of many years of work and I want to do it right. No, I, I, let me, let me actually change that. I need to do this right. This is, we have invested so much in building our authority within a community, building relationships with a community, uh, that this has to work. This has to be, I have to do this right. And I realize my own shortcomings as an online marketer. I'm a great educator. I think I'm a great educator. Of course, pat myself on the back, but that's my strength is teaching, uh, is, is helping people understand difficult concepts, help them see, help them with clarity. I think I can add a, a degree of inspiration. But I, what I'm bad at is sales. I'm bad at the mechanism of asking for a sale. It's always been, it's, a, it's an insecurity and it's something that's never been part of my DNA. So recognizing that I'm not doing the effort that I've put into, the, into building this opportunity, uh, a service, if I go ahead and knowingly do the best job I can in the sales process without improving my odds 
by hiring uh, by hiring consultants to help me along with the path. And this also serves my community. If I really believe that my product is going to help my community, I'm also serving them by doing the best job of doing sales. Because if I convince you to join us, and it's the right thing for you to do to join us, and I did that because of the sales techniques, because of the techniques that we build into the webinar, then I've done us both well. I've I've earned revenue and I've built the community larger by doing a proper sales pitch. And you have benefited uh, from uh, the clarity that's offered through that sales offer in joining us. So it can be a win-win situation. And that's my desire. That is my desire. But there's a slippery slope or a fine line or the, it, it, choose any metaphor you want between being uh, uh, between creating a good and compelling offer and being salesy, being manipulative, being smarmy, or being, as in the previous case, downright distasteful uh, and despicable. So I want to make sure that I'm always well on the side of, of uh, well on the other side. I don't ever, my reputation is the most important thing to me online, as I believe many of you feel yours is. So that's the thing I'm going to be protecting. So it's it's created a fascinating dynamic in the conversations with the people who I've hired to help me sell because they, I, I, they're they're not unethical by any stretch of the imagination, but they uh, they have uh, they see the world in many more gradients of gray than do I. I'm a little more black and white, and uh, and they 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 see they they are willing to I think skate a lot closer to the line, which is which is why, why I hired him because I want to make sure that I use the best techniques and I, and I give my offer the best polish that I can. So as you put together any webinar, you're the, if you watch them, there's a format, you know, I, I preach the concept of format uh, for videos, for podcasts, for everything. You'll see that there's always a format that we work on. It comes from my television days, every TV show, every movie, every book has a format that you follow and if you if you when you study the uh, when you study the creation process for these you learn the different formats well the format to a webinar is also very obvious when you take a step back from it and you see it now we you've all taken webinars you've all sat through webinars you've sat through, sat through probably my educational webinars which have an entirely dis different format but they still follow a format and you've sat through sales webinars some of them are more aggressive than others, but you know and you recognize the different, you'll recognize these different mechanisms as I talk through them. And, but there's always two sides to each of the mechanisms. So let, let's, let's kind of go through it. We'll, we'll, we'll go through the, the main points and I'll let you know where I'm, where, where, where this podcast is being a, a uh, is, is being therapy for me as you'll hear me as I talk through some of the challenges. But every webinar starts, obviously you gather an audience and you hopefully have uh, an idea of who that audience is, of who the avatar is, of who the customer is that is in it. So there's a commonality before you start to everybody within the webinar. And they all start with the warming up of the audience and asking people where they're from and just creating a little bit of energy. And, and the, one of the big reasons that we ask people where they're from is we want to create a kinship between the individuals. First, we want them to feel that there's value. We want you to feel there's value because there's people from all over the world. So that creates the beginning of social proof for us. So, you know, if people are coming from Europe and if people are coming from the United States and Canada and Australia, all coming to this webinar that Steve is offering, well, obviously Steve has value. So we create that social proof. And we do, we do look a lot 
to others' opinion, especially when we're in the learning process, to see how different information is landing with others to determine whether or not that information has value to us. So the whole concept of social proof will weave through the entire webinar. And that's the beginning of it. Saying, where are you all from? Saying hi, finding a few familiar faces, being called out, being made, made feel special. Uh, that, you know, I say hi, Bob from Fort Lauderdale. Well, all the people that are in that area are going, oh, good, there's Bob from Fort Lauderdale, and Bob feels very special. So we, we do that to kind of get things settled. Now, there's also a pragmatic reason to do that beyond the, beyond the, uh, the, beyond the making everybody feel a little bit better about the, the process is webinars, uh, people arrive a little bit late, and also webinar software sometimes takes a little while to load balance and to figure out exactly how much bandwidth it has to apply and how many people have registered and how many people are online. So it takes a, it takes about a good seven or eight minutes till everything is just running tickety-boo. So you don't want to jump right into your main content too early. You want to make sure that you set the stage. But there's a challenge because people are impatient. They want to get to they want to get to the value and they've all been through this warm up. It's like it's like if you've gone to a live TV show and the comedian comes out before to warm up the audience. Okay, you don't want to rush into things, but you also don't want to take too long to get to some valuable content. Then the uh, host of the webinar needs to establish their relationship with the audience. They have to build that know, like, and trust factor. Now, if it is a warm audience, in other words, one which has listened to your podcast before, been on your mail list for a while, there already is a relationship there, and you can play on that a little bit. I personally believe that it's not a good idea to deliver webinars to mixed audiences of warm and cold traffic as much as possible, uh, because how you describe yourself and how much time and energy you spend, say, telling your backstory uh, is a little bit wasted with a warm audience where it's obviously very valuable with a cold audience. So the top of the webinar might look a little bit different depending on whether it's being delivered to a cold or a warm audience. But essentially, by the time you're through the preliminaries within the webinar, they should know a little bit about your backstory, a little bit about who you are, and understand your motivation for delivering the content that you're going to be delivering today. And typically speaking, that's going to come through common pain. You're going to very early on describe the common pain that we all experience, uh, that everybody within that webinar experiences. So for our webinar that we're working on now, which is focused on baby boomers and Gen X, I'm going to be speaking about the common pain of getting older and being marginalized, of losing relevance in the business or in the business space and facing potential retirement, the same themes that this podcast are on. So that is pretty self-evident. And there's nothing manipulative about that. This is just creating good relationship building. This is this is a polite conversation that you're having with your community to get things set up and to make sure you're all in the right place. But at that point there, typically speaking, a lot of webinar uh, delivery hosts will now start to challenge their audience. They'll start, you will find that in a typical webinar, there will be several points of buy-ins, several small yeses that all lead to the big yes at the end. So the sorts of things that will be asked next in the webinar are going to be, you know, you're, you're in the right place if setting the expectations. I'm going to be talking to you about this. And if you're, you're, if you're here and this is your preconception or this is what you're looking for, this might not be the webinar for you. You might be better spent going somewhere else. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a unified mission and you're trying to have people, the first people say kind of, hell yes, this is what I'm interested in. You're talking to the right person. And that's 
practical as well as 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 well as strategic because you don't want to waste people's time and you don't want to you don't want to have dissenters in the chat while you're going along. So there's a lot of different reasons that you would want to make sure that you challenge people at this point. But for the most part, it starts a series of small yeses and even more importantly, it starts them engaging in chat. The, you, you, you'll hear a lot of webinar hosts say, if you uh, say, I want to see you type in yes, if you agree with this or no, if you disagree with this and, and getting people to engage, getting them, making sure that they are actively engaged with it. And again, those are small manipulations. I have no issue with doing any of those, but recognizing as a webinar participant that you're being kind of conditioned, you're being kind of made a part of the crowd. It's like in the audience when you're in a live speaking engagement, raise your hand if you're from out of town, you know, just doing this, this kind of thing to get people involved. Then a well-crafted webinar is going to start a narrative that's going to take you through the common challenges that we have and weave within them the webinar host's own personal story, the challenges that I faced, which are so similar to the challenges that you as the webinar guest face. Now, in this section, we deliver the promise of what does the outcome going to look like? What are you going to get out of participating, A, in this webinar, but B, a, a hint of the promise of what you're going to get should you decide to sign up for whatever program it is that we are selling as a, at the end of the webinar. So this section of the webinar is really the bulk of the webinar. We tell the story, we go through the narrative, we constantly keep engaging and reinforcing with our community that the message is hitting home. You can look at this section of the webinar as stating your case, getting everybody into the starting blocks so they understand exactly what is being offered, what the value is of what's being offered, and what the outcome will be should they participate. So at this point here, I think we're all on the same page that it's this is good business. There's nothing ethically challenging within this. It is very straightforward. But it's at this point here, as you start to now layer in what your offer is going to look like, start to establish the price, the value proposition, uh, some sort of an impetus for people to purchase, uh, going right through to the close. That's where I personally had a lot of challenge. And, and to be totally fair with you, I've not done exceptionally well in this space in the history of my business. This is the area that I needed support and help in. Uh, but the in full knowledge that that the new techniques that I am going to employ, as I imagine you will when you will reach this point, have to fit ethically. I have to feel 100% confident that what I'm offering, I am comfortable with. And that's the point we're at right now. That's the that's the uh, the, the, the decision-making points that I am going through. Because at this point here, you start to now establish the value of your product and you and the need that the community has for that product. So making sure that you state the value proposition clearly that you make sure that people understand exactly what it is they're purchasing, that's paramount. And I think that's, that's again, something that which is, uh, which is uh, universally accepted as great marketing, is great communications at this point. But now we've reached the point where we do a couple of techniques to help people make the decision because now you're about to make the offer. You're about to actually say, would you like to buy and purchase a product that I'm offering? So 
First thing you have to do is establish price. Now, a lot of people wait very long in the process in order to tell the price. Uh, there's a technique called laddering where you talk about, where you say, what would you be willing to pay for this? Uh, and if I had this and this and the other thing that was all added, what is it worth to you now at that point there? And I think all of us, as soon as somebody poses that question, what would it be worth to you to X, Y, Z? We realize at this point that we have shifted from straight up education and a simple offer into a that we're now being socially engineered in some way. It's the same thing that my parents felt when they walked into a car dealership, the techniques that used that car salesman would put on to put pressure on you in order to make the purchase to get the presumptive yes and to work their way through all of the different, you know, overcoming objections. Those are the things that we have to do right now. And a lot of that is totally legit. We do have to overcome your objections. If you're the right candidate for our membership site, for example, I have to make sure you overcome the objections. One of which will be, is it worth the amount of money that I'm asking for? Totally legit question. Uh, how much time is going to be required? Am I ready? Do I have the skill set to succeed? All of those are legitimate ob objections that people have to overcome before they're willing to invest. So at this point, we need to overcome those objections. And we do that in a variety of ways. Uh, we do it by answering the question straight up. We do it by referring back to our backstory where we have dealt with those same challenges that we faced on our journey. And we often do it through testimonials by incorporating other people's stories who have had success with the programs that we are promoting. And all of those are, are good techniques that you want to pay attention to and you want to have prepared and ready to go as you, as you build out your webinar offer. That's at this point here, I'm still fully on board with the program up to this point. But here's where I start to push back a little bit against my coaches. There are so many ways to create a pricing offer that it's bewildering. And each one is fascinating. Uh, there is the laddered sales approach where you offer the product, you offer access to the community for free or for $10 a month for the first month before you go to the normal price. Now, the thought behind that model is once people have got their credit card out, once they've paid for something, it's easy for them to continue to pay. They're in the system, they're already paying money, and so they are they've already they've already invested to a certain extent in the in the in the product or in the service. And that's also the concept that a lot of uh, online marketers will teach with the upsell, where, where you sell a base product, but you make most of your profit by upselling additional features within the product. And the, you'll often see uh, less scrupulous online marketers do that by, in their presentation of what the entire program looks like, they will tell you uh, one story but the first product that they sell you is a neutered version of that product that you need to spend more after you've already committed to the first version in order to get the fullness of what it is that was being offered in the early part of the webinar. Now, I don't, we, I don't consider that to be an ethical model where you uh, use almost a lost leader, where you give them away something for free that gets them most of the way there, but then they have to pay more money to actually get there. It's not a lot different than the freemium software model where you give away some tools for free in order to get people to understand it, but that is a known commodity. That's not something that's being offered to you straight up front. And we all understand, you know, you're not spending two hours in a webinar on a premium, on a freemium product in order to understand what it is you're purchasing. So these one technique often is very similar to another technique where it's perfectly legitimate, 
but in a webinar or in the sort of marketing that we're talking about with, by selling through a webinar, it becomes just a little less, a little more murky as far as where it sits, as far as how, at least how it sits within my ethical, within my ethical scale. Another technique for, for building uh, value is the layering of bonuses. So you purchase our product, but you also get access to X. You also get access to Y. You also get access to Z, which increases the value of the offer until it becomes what they call an overwhelming offer. And you'll typically see that... You, People are purchasing a piece of software for $1,000, but all of the bonuses make it actually worth $9,000 if they were to buy it or $7,000, or they're buying something for $199. With all of the bonuses, there's $1,500 worth of value in the software. And that, again, is something that I don't like to do. Now, I don't like to do it for a couple of reasons. One reason is I do feel like I'm being manipulated when we do it, so I've got that to overcome, as do you, I imagine. But the overwhelming reason why I don't like it is our time is really valuable and all of the bonuses are never used. I can't tell you how often I've gotten bonuses by some product that I've signed up for and I've never even opened the bonus tools, but they did help me make the decision. I mean, this is a technique that works. Don't get me wrong. All of this stuff that I'm talking about that I'm eschewing and that I'm kind of poo-pooing, it works. These techniques work and they can be spun by the people teaching them as being completely legitimate tools uh, for a variety of different reasons. I mean, the the narrative that I started out with earlier was where I talked about the fact that I am willing to hire sales coaches to help me sell my product because I see the value in my product and I know that the people that sign up will get the value. That is a, a that's kind of the, that's a legitimizing the different techniques that we're going to use to a certain extent. And so that, there are lots of ways that you can legitimize any of these techniques and make them work for you. But I encourage you to look at them with your own, through your own lens and not necessarily what other people are saying about them. And that's what we're working through right now. So where was I? Oh yes, bonuses, adding all of the bonuses. So I don't particularly like that as a technique, but it is one that I am being encouraged to look at right now for our offer. So when you come to our webinar in September, if you take a look at when we offer our product to the, the live to the community, I, it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what bonuses we offer as a part of the, of the overall package. Actually, let me let me backtrack on that a little bit. I already know what bonuses we're going to be offering because we have some relevant content that we are including as a part of the package. What will be interesting to see is how we use that as a sales technique in order to help encourage people to sign up for the membership, how much value I have, and if we use it as an incentive, as a, how it's leveraged as an incentive to get people to purchase. The other big technique that you will often hear is so popular and so powerful, and that is scarcity. The concept of scarcity is one of the most powerful closing tools that the online marketer can have. And scarcity is exactly what it sounds like. It means that this offer is good today. It will not be good tomorrow. You won't be able to have access to it tomorrow. So you have to move fast today. Now, some marketers soften that blow by adding something called a fact 
fast action bonus where if you sign up today on the webinar, you will get this and this and the other bonus where you add extra value or you give a special price if people can move quickly and do the purchase. And that is that is something that a lot of online marketers use and we are considering it. I don't love the idea. I am trying to come up with something that I find that I, a sense, creating a sense of urgency that is going to be more valuable. And in fact, I think I have worked out exactly what it is that I want to offer. And I'm not gonna tell you here in the podcast because it is this is kind of right down deep in the trenches of our real intimate strategy that we're gonna be uh, delivering in September, but you will see it. And I will certainly talk about it in later episodes. Uh, but the idea of scarcity, I think, is one of the most intriguing aspects of online sales, of delivering online sales, and finding a way to legitimately create scarcity instead of just using it as a mechanism to force people's hand, but as a true impetus. That is a really interesting challenge. Now, if you're doing an open cart, closed cart product where it's only available for a short period of time where you're only going to be selling the product until this day, and the reason that it closes on this day is you start synchronously delivering the value and delivering the content on a few days later, that to me is a totally legitimate way of creating scarcity because the class starts on this date. If you're not signed up by this date, you can't participate. That to me is one of the best ways to do things. What bothers me is where you have an evergreen open where the, the cart is always open and people are self-paced going through the content, but people then place an arbitrary date on from the time that they are first exposed to the webinar. And they say, if you signed up, if you saw the information on this date here, you have five days to purchase at this price and then five days to purchase at this price and then you're up to the full price. But there's no other than creating uh, a uh, an impetus for people to make the decision. There's no other practical reason for that pricing change. This is something which I am pushing back against with our team. And they're, they, they have a few different ways that they think that that's a, that can be a legitimate technique, but it really comes down to it. It's only a legitimate technique because it works, not because it makes sense in my universe and perhaps it doesn't make sense in your universe, but it makes sense because it works. And that's not necessarily the answer. If we go right back to the beginning of today's podcast, the friend of, I, of mine who is posting in, in the division space in what's happening with the masks in the epidemic. I know that that is working to help the sales of their masks. It's working. It doesn't make it right. I don't think false scarcity. I don't think creating scarcity for the convenience and for the for, for purely sales and closing purposes is a legitimate use of the of the social trigger that is our desire not to miss out. This next few weeks is going to be very important. One of the reasons that I moved very slowly in getting into the world of online marketing in the beginning was that I recognized how I felt in webinars when these different triggers were being applied to me. And I know how it made me feel uncomfortable, and I know how it affected my opinion of the person who was presenting that content to me. And that was the reason that I dragged my heels so much was I did not like how I felt and I did not like what it did as far as my opinion of the person who was selling content to me or was selling a product to me. I really craved uh, straight up transparency and honesty in a fair and equitable relationship. I'm really excited. And at the same time, I'm really quite anxious to see what the net result is going to be. Now, here's the cool thing for you folks in the Gray Matters community is the fact that I've 
entrenched this and talked about these issues before we've gone live with the actual offer, which is now, which is happening in about, uh, about six to seven weeks from now, I guess, is when we actually start to roll it out. You're seeing right into the back room and you're kind of, we pulled back the curtains and you're understanding the decision-making process in real time, as opposed to a, uh, a debrief uh, or a post-mortem after we've done the launch, when I will look at it with all these rosy colored glasses on how I made the right decision on this and the right decision on that and how evident it was as I went through the process. You can hear in the challenges that we face that I'm not 100% confident of all of the different decisions that I'm going to have to make. And you will be going through the same process as you build out your online business in one form or another. So recognize that this is a, it's a work in progress. All of our social media campaigns, all of our businesses, our online businesses are works in progress. And not one of ours is a cookie cutter of how somebody else runs their business. We all have different pressures. We all have different ethics to work to. We all have different opportunities and a different capacity of our audience to understand what it is we're offering and different ways that we get them on board and ultimately generate the revenue that we need to deliver the product that they need. It's a, it is a work in progress. And so this podcast today has been a kind of a working session. Uh, it's been helpful to me. I don't, I was hoping I would have more clarity at the end. I was hoping that I would sit here and go, wow, I had an epiphany as I was recording today's podcast. Alas, that does not seem to be the case, but I do hope that you found this little Inside Steve's Brain podcast to be interesting and valuable content. And when we refer back to it in a few weeks, I think it'll be really interesting to see how these decisions actually manifested themselves and what the results are. At the end of the day, we have to have a business that's successful. We have to have made sales. We have to have encouraged people to join our community and we have to have got them on board. So this decision-making process is going to be profoundly important and the ultimate success that we're going to have over the next year. And fortunately, it's not that far away. We're going to be, you're going to be seeing some results from this in the next two months. So we'll be returning to this topic in the not too distant future. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please do me a favor and share it with any other baby boomers or Gen Xers that you know that are interested in the world of online business, are concerned about what their retirement might look like, and who are good candidates to be members of the Gray Zone, our community of baby boomers and Gen Xers, those looking to reinvent themselves in the digital space. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle.